everyone. This is Susan Bauer, your host, and I am joined today by Amy Cadora on continuing our series on chemicals of concern. Hi, Amy. Hey, Susan. How are you? Good. So we are hearing from you that you are loving this series, and we are going to continue it throughout the rest of the year, and we're going to focus on different topics. But we thought since October is really a special month, and at Norwex, we, we have a campaign, really, or a movement, where we're cleaning for a cause. And I know you've probably seen information about that in Impressions. You'll hear a lot more in the October 1 uh, news, so make sure you check all of that out and get ready to get your pink on because um, we're really locking arms with the idea of this is a month where we can focus on educating people on um, cancer, in particular on breast cancer awareness. And really that's what it's about, is, is bringing that awareness to people, and that's what our mission is about. I know our mission is really to help people understand the effects of chemicals and how we can be in some ways a solution to creating a more healthy home. So that's going to be our topic for today. And Amy is going to share um, some, some information. Some of this came from breastcancer.org, right, Amy? Yes, yes. We definitely looked at some uh, you know, certainly reputable websites to, to pull some information down and, and share what's going on in the, I guess, in, in the world of breast cancer. And then, you know, looking at some of those environmental factors that maybe we can also be empowered to, to make some changes in our own homes, um, you know, to, to just make us aware of them. And, and again, reduce that overall body burden that we have of these potentially harmful chemicals in, in our bodies and in our homes. And it's amazing to think that uh, one in eight women will develop breast cancer. And that's just a staggering statistic. And I'm pretty sure that most people that are listening in, there's somebody in your life or maybe yourself who have been um, mm -hmm. affected by breast cancer. So what are some of the factors? Absolutely. No, and I, I agree with you. It, um, Breast cancer is something that I, I think all of us in particular either have experienced or we, we certainly have someone close to us that's experienced. You know, the factors that are generally listed for, um, you know, having breast cancer or getting breast cancer are first and foremost age. Um, uh, we as women, as we age, the rates of breast cancer tend to increase. Um, genetic factors also play a role here. I think sometimes they may be, you know, um, blown out of proportion when you look at the other risks of, of breast cancer. But genetically, if they say if, you're, if your uh, sister or your mom has breast cancer in particular, you have an increased rate um, of getting uh, the breast cancer as well. More and more studies showing that diet, you know, what we're eating, uh, whether we're eating processed foods, whether we're eating the wrong kinds of fats, uh, high amounts of sugar, that this, this diet may in fact um, be impacting breast cancer risk. Obesity also um, definitely playing a role there. Alcohol consumption and exercise. So these are all the, the known factors and, and well accepted factors. In fact, I was reading that diet, um, they believe is partially responsible for 30 to 40% of all cancers. So when you're thinking about 
ways that you can make some choices in your life to, to help bring that down. Um, to me, it's, it's always amazing that food, um, you know, is it Hippocrates that said food is your medicine or let food be thy medicine? I'm not, uh, not sure if, I'm, if I've got the right quote, but I think that's even more true when you're looking at diseases and particularly cancer. So lots of different factors there. Um, and, and, you know, there are certainly studies that are ongoing about environmental factors, meaning what's in your environment, what are you being exposed to? Um, and harmful chemicals are one of those uh, elements that I know are being studied right now and something that I thought maybe we could share a little bit what, what we know um, on this podcast. So, and that sounds great. Uh, that was interesting that 30 to 40% of all cancers link to mm-hmm. diet. Mm-hmm. That, really, uh, that really says a lot. So let's start by talking, uh, start with a few of the chemicals that we know are in some products like our personal care products in our laundry. Right, right. And, and I think, you know, when you either have a diagnosis of cancer or are concerned about it, it's, it's great to look at those, those harmful chemicals and, and, you know, kind of decide where, where you can make some better choices, where you can make some, some better um, uh, you know, decisions to try to reduce your overall body burden. So a couple of the ingredients that we often talk about um, are really estrogen mimickers. You know, we, we are always talking about endocrine disruption and, and EDCs, those types of chemicals. And we talk about them because they do impact hormones in the body. And particularly with this being Breast Cancer Month, talking about those endocrine disrupting chemicals that have an impact potentially in the body in terms of their estrogenic activity. So if you think about parabens, parabens are often used um, in uh, traditional personal care products. They're preservatives, which is very important in these products, but they also have been found to have uh, a, well, to, to be able to mimic estrogen. So they're considered estrogen mimickers. And if you can imagine, if you're concerned about this and you also happen to have a, um, uh, an estrogen sensitive cancer, there would be some concern about having these types of ingredients on your skin, possibly going through the skin, getting into the body, and adding to that estrogen, potential estrogen level. So uh, certainly they are a weak estrogen in the body, but when you're talking about cancer, you know, probably better to avoid them altogether. And we know that our skin is our largest organ. So when you're putting things on your body, they're, you know, just being absorbed right into. Um, readily absorbed into your um, into your body in a way that other things wouldn't be. You're, you're right, and and thinking you know back to how many products you use this morning. You know between getting in the shower, using maybe a shower gel, uh, using a shaving cream to shave, using shampoo, conditioner, um, using a facial product to clean, maybe with getting out all your facial products that you then use on top. Um, you put on deodorant maybe or antiperspirant. You use hair styling products. Maybe you finish with perfume. There are a lot of products you're using twice a day. Um, they estimate 12 to 15 for women and even more for teenage girls up to 17. So just thinking about how does that impact your body burden in general? Um, and then certainly someone who's concerned about cancer, how, how does that affect their body burden too? Now, the second ingredient that we, we talk about are phthalates. And phthalates are typically used in products to prevent them from becoming brittle and rigid. So they, they keep, you know, for example, plastics a little bit more malleable. It can also be used 
with fragrances um, in personal care and also cleaning products. Um, they are a hormone disruptor. They don't act like estrogen, but they actually kind of work to disrupt the balance of other hormones that interact with estrogen. So um, definitely something to be um, looking to eliminate. And as you know, in our products, um, we don't use parabens um, and we don't use phthalates either. And we think about our laundry care products, and we know that, again, a lot of uh, traditional or some of the brands of laundry products, they contain these chemicals. And what I love, and I know so many of you share at parties, is just passing around uh, our UPP packaging that shows, you know, it's biodegradable, um, no phosphates, no sulfates, no chlorine bleach, no fillers, no optical brighteners, no animal testing, no dyes or fragrances. Can you tell I'm reading from the package because I have it sitting next to me? Do a great job. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, and you don't have to be a scientist to, to be able to share the things that our products don't have. And I think that's what's great about them. Absolutely. So let's move on. Um, an, another area, we know that plastic and the containers and you know packaging for plastic that's another area that where chemicals really come into play in our everyday life that we really don't think about and a lot of people are not aware of no you're absolutely right and and um i stalk people here that go into the break room with their little plastic containers with lunch food and and i see them put it in the microwave and of course they get they have to get a lecture um when they do that so uh, and, I think and she's not lying. I've been in the Dallas office when actually that's taken place. So, uh, yes. Uh, but, you know, it's funny because it's that we have come into this society where it's disposable and it's easy. Right. And so I think if you go into most companies, I think Norix probably is a better exception to that <laughs> rule. Everybody comes with their plastic container for lunch. That's right. That's right. They're easy. They're lightweight. I, I definitely get it. But part of the challenge with those types of plastic packaging and containers is they often will contain those phthalates that we talked about earlier. And again, that's used to make the plastic a little bit softer and, and you know, potentially easier to, to blend, uh, not to blend, to bend. Um, you know, the biggest issue that, that we have with plastics is that particularly when they are heated up, you know, for example, in a microwave, or even when you might put warm food uh, leftovers into a plastic container, that heat has the potential to react with the plastic and actually release the, some of the chemicals that are in plastic, in particular the phthalates. It goes right into your food, which your food readily absorbs, and then you turn around and you eat it. So for me, this is one of the, the easiest steps you can potentially take to eliminate uh, a potentially harmful um, endocrine disruptor in, in your food. Um, and we have, of course, a number of products that help to do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking our cutting board because it's made of rice husks, even when you're cutting up your food to put into something. Or right, aren't, there, aren't, there, aren't there like, um, you know, when you, when you cut up on a plastic board, you know how it kind of gets uh, pieces off yeah. of it? I mean, part of our question is, well, where are those pieces of plastic going as you're cutting and chopping up your celery or your carrots? More than likely, you're actually eating them, right? So mm -hmm. a great reason. Or you're cooking them and then you're eating. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, and then we have um, our silicone lids, our reusable pr protos bags, which right. those are great 
um, you know, again, the silicone lids, instead of using plastic wrap and the reusable produce bags, mm-hmm. um, and even the stainless steel drinking straws, as right. opposed to plastic straws, which we know, um, I don't know, you might know this off the top of your head. I know it's one of our chemicals of concern solution cards. How many plastic straws are used on a daily? I think I saw recently, it was like every minute, there's like how many hundreds of thousands of them are being used. Right, and, and used for 15 minutes, of course, and thrown away, or even put in your bag of your to-go food and you never use it and throw it away. So you're absolutely right. You know, um, one of the challenges that we've, we've worked on in my house is getting rid of the plastic in the kitchen. So, you know, we're looking, uh, if you look at my kitchen pantry right now, lots of glass containers um, mm-hmm. to be able to store food. Um, I, I also have silicone, which I, I really like because they're collapsible and they're lightweight as well, like plastic. I can trust my kids with it versus glass. Um, those are great options to be able to, to store, you know, go from your stovetop where it's warm, put it in there, put it in the fridge, and then pull it out and heat it up again. So um, great options where you're not looking at those potential chemicals coming through into your food. Yep. No, those are all great ideas. And, and it makes me think that for for a party an idea for this month because it's breast cancer awareness and we know we're kind of have this pink theme going on is make a pink awareness basket you know put a nice pink um you know towel or something in there an enviro cloth and then fill it with a few of our personal care products things like our silicone lids and stainless steel drinking straws and um it could be a a nice way for you to share some of the some of these solutions for the the chemicals that people um can easily take out of their homes and have better and healthier choices and help with um with some of the cancers that can ultimately result so yeah that i i like that idea too um and i think that you all, I know, you're so creative out there, you're gonna come up with a zillion ideas for having pink parties. But to me, that would be fun. And I know sometimes you forget to share something or you just want um, you want to share something that people are going, oh, I wonder what's in the basket. It creates that curiosity. So Amy, let's talk about children's products. Because even right. though it's breast cancer awareness, we know that, um, that the products that, um, that we have are really we're exposing harmful chemicals to children which ultimately then you know they can lead to all kinds of cancers and and really just that awareness for um for their moms and dads and 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 adults as well right and i you know i think you you raise a an important point um toddlers babies kids really don't have the mature internal systems to necessarily be able to process the harmful chemicals that they may be exposed to. And sometimes we as adults, we can process them okay, because again, our systems are uh, more able to do, they're a little bit more mature, but it is, it is potentially more damaging for them. And we keep seeing the results of that, you know, studies that are showing that kids in particular are more sensitive to their exposures to these harmful chemicals. Um, so important to keep them away from them, um, in particular, uh, one of the uh, chemicals that we've talked about before is bisphenol A or BPA. And I know that's gotten a lot of publicity recently, which is fantastic, and, and particularly in the last few years. 
Um, you can find it in previously in any number of products, including baby bottles. Um, and you know we would heat baby bottles up even in the microwave in the old days, mm -hmm. or even you know in water on a saucepan or in a saucepan. Um, and that again, that heat helps to release some of those chemicals, potentially including the, the BPA into the milk that the, the babies might be drinking. So bisphenol A, um, definitely an issue. And also, um, uh, you know, something that you can find in plastic foodware, even um, tin food cans. So, you know, when you're buying, uh, you know, your black beans um, in a tin can, looking for those cans that will specifically call out that they don't contain BPA. Used to be much harder to find those, now a little bit more uh, common, which is, is great. Um, and of course, the issue with BPA is that it is also an estrogen mimicker. So we're kind of coming back to endocrine disrupting hormones, um, estrogen uh, mimicking in, as a class within the EDCs. And um, they've actually even linked BPA to early puberty among girls. Again, because if it's an estrogen mimicker, you're putting it in the body, your body, it's the signal to your body that, okay, in this case, we're ready for puberty. There's a lot of estrogen being produced here. So um, another important one to look at reducing uh, as much as you can from your home, not only in terms of eliminating plastic where it's feasible, um, but also, again, these types of chemicals, among others, attach to the dust particles that you might see either floating in your home if you have a sunbeam coming in, or of course seeing on surfaces. And for me, it always means the idea of dusting and cleaning up the dust on a regular basis is much more of a health issue than it really is of how nice my home looks, how clean my home looks. Because those chemicals will bind with the dust particles together and then fall to the floor. And of course, toddlers in particular crawling all over the floor, right? And picking things up off of the floor, putting them in their mouths. So that dust with the chemicals potentially attached getting into their bodies directly. So cleaning the floors, cleaning the places, the surfaces. Um, again, it's, it's, it's a health um, issue that you're trying to eliminate rather than, uh, or I guess in addition to keeping your home clean. You know, I think it's interesting. I, I never really thought about it from that perspective. I mean, we talk about, you know, the dust mid and, um, you know, it's a way to dust and get the dust out of your home. But I think for most people at a party, they think about it as I'm cleaning. I'm not, it's not, I'm creating a healthy environment. No, um, you're exactly right. The, frankly, the only way that I can clean is thinking, <laughs> I'm not sure how often my, my house would get clean if I didn't focus on, I need to dust and I need to mop to get up the harmful chemicals and keep my home safe. Otherwise, you know, it definitely gives you more motivation. Not, for me, it does. Otherwise, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure what would happen. Well, I think that probably for a lot of people, it's an added uh, motivator there. So that's, that's a really good tip. And I think about, you know, obviously the dust mitt and the mop for the floors and even the entry mat, you know, so that you're picking that up before as people are walking in the door. Oh, I, you know, the entry mat is one of my absolute favorite products for that very reason. You know, it's one thing to clean inside and get it clean, but when you realize how much of those contaminants, uh, those potential harmful chemicals come in on the, on the soles of your shoes, um, on your pet's feet, 
that entry mat, again, it elevates from just keeping your house clean to your exact point. You're keeping those harmful chemicals out of your home too because they're resting on that mat instead of being tracked through the house. And then keeping your shoes off, you know, coming on the mat, take your shoes off right away. Try to have that policy in place where um, it's, you, you know, it's a shoes off uh, kind of home and um, you're gonna make your cleaning a lot easier and faster and quicker but you're also going to keep those harmful chemicals down that are floating in your air. That'd be a good thing to, to challenge people to try for the month, especially it would be a good thing. I know with kids, that's, mm -hmm. that's hard. Uh, we, we did have that policy when my, <laughs> uh, my children are now grown, but I have three furry friends that live with me <laughs> as well as a husband. So yes, uh, I think that's a great idea. So anything else, Amy, I think that this has been really informative and I'm sure a lot that gives a lot of people things to think about, but also, you know, this is really a way to educate you. Obviously, you're not going to go into your parties and share all of this information, but you have this background that then helps you really feel good about the fact that you're offering so many solutions um, that help reduce chemicals in people's homes, especially for this month. Um, I think it's a, it's even a, a way to bring that even more to the forefront at your parties. And I totally agree. Yep. Yep. So um, I always like to end with some action steps or an action step, and I have three for today. So number one is I'm going to say get your pink on. You know, wear pink at your parties. Have fun. Have pink parties. You know, something really simple is you can ask guests to come either wearing pink or bringing something pink and, you know, give them an extra raffle ticket or whatever. It adds some fun to your parties as well. Hey, um, you can play music by pink, Susan. Oh, yeah, there you go. See? <laughs> Pick your There's, favorite song. <laughs> yep. And, um, and just have a lot of fun with it. Yep. Um, then the second thing is create an awareness basket. You know, bring that to to parties as a way to talk about some of the other things and, um, and the things that are estrogen mimicking that we might not think about and that also um, will help with um, creating that healthy message for people. You could put some of your solution cards, the chemicals of concern solution cards either in the basket or um, use that as a, I know a lot of people now are using that as a way to do introductions at the beginning of a party, having people read those did you knows facts and then introduce themselves. And what I love about that is that it gets the purpose for the party, you know, um, out in the very beginning, speaking to our mission and, and why um, the products that you then will demonstrate really matter to people. Right. Um, and then I guess the third thing would be, you know, go to like a mammogram office and ask for brochures, you know, pass those out at parties, um, have connections in the community that really just help to bring this, you know, to light, not only for yourself, but for, you know, for the people that you um, come in contact with on a daily basis, as well as at all your parties for the month of October. So, Amy, thank you, as always. Appreciate Absolutely. it. And if you missed uh, Amy's last podcast, actually, we've had two podcasts on body burden, and then we had one general one on chemicals of concern with a couple of leaders. So, you, you know, go back, 
And when you have a minute and you're driving in your car on the way to a party or doing the dishes or, or cleaning your house, uh, you can, this is one thing you can multitask and do. You can uh, do that and listen to one of our podcasts because I think you'll find them very informative. And I always like to say thank you for investing in yourself and in your business and taking time to listen to our podcast. Thank you all. Have a wonderful day. And until next time.